Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Sheen Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outcast Catholic. I'm Father Travis Crotty. And I'm Father Shane Demon. And you ever have it where your ears are kind of plugged up because a little congestion? Yeah. Sometimes it happens to you. Yes, it does. It was just happened to me where I like had to yawn and pop because I was like, why do I sound so quiet? I don't sound quiet. Oh. Just to myself. It was all plugged up. That's kind of weird. Any ringing? No. Okay. Nope. Just, just congestion. Okay. Um, but here at Outcast Catholic, we're happy and healthy and holy priest in the Diocese of Sioux City. Um, I was going to ask what you've been up to, Father Shane, but like we said last episode, you've just been sitting at home. Quarantine. Not doing much. <laughs> well, thank God for the internet. I've been on Zoom calls, been emailing, writing retreats. Been on Instagram the whole time. Yeah, right. I've been on TikTok the whole time. Yeah, making TikTok videos. <laughs> no, I've been... Um, Thank God for Zoom calls because I was oh, I yeah. was doing spiritual direction with people, some discernment questions with people, um, planning retreats. We got Catholic Schools Week coming up. Um, got a lot of retreats coming, so it's it was actually a really good time just to chill at home. That's good. Yeah. Did you hear on the news while you were chilling at home that Pope Francis had some spicy commentary? I heard the spice on pets. Yeah. <laughs> Got got a little reaction out of some people, didn't it? I probably get a trigger half our listening base, perhaps those in Sweden dun, and Australia. Dun, dun. But um, I kind of I definitely agree, and I think most I think most Catholics in the know probably agree as well. His points like have some kids instead of just having pets. Yeah, everybody just got upset there. But um, yeah, my grandbabies have four paws. Pets are fine, and they're actually here to like help us glorify God's creation, and make us feel good. But they're not people. No, and they don't necessarily indicate a sense of fruitfulness. Yes. Um, now, if someone is dealing with infertility, you know, we certainly respect them. We're not casting any shade here. No shade. Um, but there's deep anthropological questions that come towards how is one being fruitful in this lifetime? Mm-hmm. Even us as celibates, you know, we are supposed to be bearing life in, in the church in ways that are bigger than ourselves. And sometimes there's... There's a reality of the weird dog priest. There's some normal dog priests out there. No offense, <laughs> brother priests who have uh, furry friends um, who who give you some company, but sometimes it gets a little weird with the dog priest. Regardless of <laughs> what both Francis said about pets, I just think it's interesting when, especially today, there is so much um, media coverage about the Pope, about bishops, about bishops' conferences and things mm-hmm. like that, that even pop into like the mainstream media sometimes like this question from Pope Francis. If you're in the church world, you might follow church news and sure. hear about that. But when it pops up, it seems sometimes, uh, often, like it's big bad Pope, you know, making some command from on high, doing something wrong. Now, mass media has kind of liked Pope Francis for some of the things he said about the environment or different things he's mentioned before, but, you know, they get a little uncomfortable when he talks about pets. But it's interesting when the Pope is thrown out there on mass media mm-hmm. or when the bishop's conferences for everything you know, sadly that's happened with these different sexual abuse crises that's really happened over the past like 20 years or so um, that's been coming up in the news. Uh, it it brings a lot of questions about church hierarchy. Mm-hmm. And especially I think for us, those 
rural Midwest or rural Australia and Sweden, wherever you might be, <laughs> who feel particularly outcast or especially disconnected from the church. When we started this podcast, that's one thing that I kept feeling was my experience of growing up Catholic felt very disconnected from other Catholics. It's in a very, very small town with a, a little Catholic church. And people I've talked to from that parish who've left the Catholic church, either just drifted away altogether from Christianity or went to an evangelical church. The comment that I is often made, the, the Catholic church is often just like localized in that one parish. Mm-hmm. And there's not a universal experience. But we feel, I felt very disconnected from even the diocese, being kind of far away from Sioux City. Um, didn't really know who the bishop was or what was going on there. But I think a lot of people feel that way. And when big questions about church hierarchy, what the Pope says, what the bishops' conferences in different countries are saying, um, when that hits the news, it makes people feel even more disconnected. Like, who am I as a Catholic? And what is this whole church structure? Because not a lot of other Protestant denominations have structures like ours. Very few, mm-hmm. in fact. Some have some structure left to them and some experience of hierarchy. I think the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, they, they still have pastors with regional groupings and a president that's in uh, that's in St. Louis. But not a lot. Mm-hmm. Almost nobody experiences the hierarchy of the church like Catholics do. So I thought we could just kind of talk through a little bit about the hierarchy of the church and what like ecclesiology has to do with that, our understanding and theology of the church, and then do a little fun trivia of some names and titles that priests and people can get in the church. How's that sound? Sure. I'm game for that. Let's okay, go. Okay. Let's do the trivia first because it's kind of fun. All right. What do you so got? People always ask. Am I answering? What, what's going um, on here? Well, you know them, so maybe, I don't know. We'll see. I'll play dumb. Okay, great. <laughs> well, people are always asking me about monsignors and cardinals uh-huh. that seems to be the most confusing that thing. come up often here in Plymouth County well, just maybe just around you know okay are like what's a monsignor again or high school kids you know um let's start at the top so like full fullness of holy orders Who Jesus Ooh, the high good. priest the high priest oh that's great it's his church not the popes and he gave that's right it's his bride not the popes and he entrusted his church to 12 guys mm-hmm. who were the 12 apostles very good oh, i was just okay. checking to make sure i'm sorry i was with me here i know you're looking at, kind of looking at the card here though. sorry sad i'm with you i'm with you father <laughs> um and those apostles they went out and established churches in different cities throughout the world um and they had successors which were called the bishops right, right. throughout the history of the church um but as christianity grew all of the christians in one city one region couldn't all come celebrate the sacraments at one church at the same time mm-hmm. so priests were ordained hands were laid on on men to give them the same holy spirit the same succession of the apostles but in a different way to assist in the ministry of the bishop through the sacraments through preaching through teaching through all those things and that's that's where we have the priesthood today but we see even in acts of the apostles and then deacons were were kind of brought about to help the service of the church. Of both yeah, quite early on. Yeah. Seven deacons ordained in Acts chapter 6. To help this just kind of like evangelical thrust of the church to serve the poor, to help people. Um, and we still have those today. Mm-hmm. We still have all those today. So bishops, priests, deacons, holy orders. But mm-hmm. I love that, that you said Jesus is the high priest. So yes. any of that sacrament <laughs> of holy orders is receiving and sharing in the priesthood, the ministry of Jesus. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and I think you could go all the way back to, is it St. Clement? Um, I mean, clearly, in the very f- f- 
first generations of the church, this understanding of, of priests, well, deacons, priests, and bishops, that hierarchical structure, you know, that was, that was very clear early on. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the phrase episcopoi or the, the overseers as the bishops, the presbyteroi as the priest, and, and deacons configured to Christ the servant, really working for the poor, the needy, and the outcast. Um, it might not have had the same, you know, maybe juridical standardization as we see today, but the the hierarchy and, and the division of shared leadership and a division of shared sacramental grace within holy orders, we really do believe that was present from the beginning. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, how does St. Paul reach out to Timothy and Titus and empower them uh, with leadership in the church to, to share in Jesus's high priesthood? The, these things were present from the beginning. Maybe not in the clearest definitions, and maybe not in the most polished, you know, flow charts. Um, but nevertheless, there was a clear sense that leadership has to continue, um, in which men were invited forward by the Holy Spirit to lay down their lives for the good of the flock, as Christ the Good Shepherd right. did. I've been teaching in RCA uh, little segments on the sacraments. We just covered baptism and confirmation, but a few weeks ago, I just covered like an kind of intro to uh, to the sacraments and sacramental theology. Talk about kind of instrumental causality with the sacraments, but then I, this is great. And my pastor um, encouraged me to teach about this last year, so I did it again. How, like you just said at the beginning of this of this show, that Jesus is the sacrament, the visible sign of the invisible reality of the Trinity. That is like an like an efficacious sign, bringing about the grace of God, the action of God in the world. Mm-hmm. The Church then is the sacrament of Jesus. And then the seven sacraments flow from that kind of sacramental order from God, mm-hmm. right? This revelation of himself into the world, how he affects our life. Um, but then I've also been listening to the Liturgy Guys podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty good. I like it a lot. These guys who are um, coming out of the Liturgical Institute in, in Chicago and Mundelein. But they've been talking a lot about, obviously, the liturgy, but walking through the, the general instruction of the Roman Missal. And especially they were just talking about um, the chair, as as a bishop, bishop's cathedra in his cathedral church, um, but then also the priest sitting in that chair, even the deacon if he's presiding over liturgy of the hours or, or some other type of uh, vigil service or, or liturgy, that the bishop, the priest, the deacon are visible signs of Jesus, right? And so just to bring that home here, even to the Diocese of Sioux City or other, other dioceses where you might feel disconnected from the global church, from even the the church within your own country or in your own region, the bishop and then the priest through the bishop are meant to be signs and symbols of Jesus's presence in our midst, right? Um, obviously the sacraments, the Eucharist is Jesus's real presence, body, blood, soul, and divinity. The Holy Spirit can dwell in our hearts through the sacraments and through having hearts open to his grace. But to just be reminded of our connectedness when we feel disconnected, that our bishop, Walker Nicholas in Sioux City, is a successor of the apostles receiving the same Holy Spirit, the same ordination that's come down through the succession of 2000 years. Our priesthood that we share is sharing in that ministry that priests have always shared Jesus's ministry to, to reach out to, to people. And we have access to that. We have real access to that even here um, in Verina, Iowa, where I grew up and it's a small little town. And even as parishes merge and we experience the kind of difficult uh, pastoral planning that's taking place with geographical shifts and uh, demographic shifts with, with people and priests, God is still present in his church. 
mm-hmm. and the church is still present here in our diocese, and grace is still present, um, especially through this hierarchical structure that's set up. Jesus is still bringing about grace in the world through the sacraments. And canonically, we would even say um, that someone is overseeing your territory. You know, it's not like you're, well, I live in some small little rural community in Alaska, or I'm deep in a forest in northern Minnesota, or whatever. You know, everything geographically is being overseen, you know. Now, maybe in a, in a pastoral way, right? Yeah. Not like a, you know, over, yeah, overseeing you to make sure you're not doing anything wrong. Yeah, it's like not big or something. Yeah, like it's not big brother, you know, trying to, you know, impose himself on you. But for those who might just feel a little outcast or disconnected from the broader church and they just feel like, well, everyone's forgotten us about out here. No one no one thinks about us. Well, that's not true. I mean, canonically speaking, when diocesan boundaries are drawn, <laughs> you know, it's 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 relegated to say who's going to be overseeing this area? Who is juridically pastorally responsible for the souls of this area. That's true in dioceses. That's true in parish boundaries. Now, obviously with, you know, shifts in and how resources are being used and certain areas are experiencing a clergy shortage and certain areas are, lots of areas are experiencing a a shortage of religious Mm -hmm. consecrated men and women. You know, lots of questions can come up about, well, how robust is that pastoral ministry right now? Yeah. And, and we can get into those in, in other and how, episodes. How, like, how seen and felt is the presence of, of the church in a certain area. Right. Yeah. yeah, there's lots of room to debate that. And to grow. Yeah. And to grow, absolutely. And, and, you know, what is it, Isaiah 43, you know, behold, I am doing something new. The Lord really is trying to bring about um, a restoration of his church. He wants his bride to be beautiful. And, uh, and we need to shine with his presence. So how pastorally effective certain things are, you know, we can debate that in many other episodes. But just know that if you're feeling a little outcast in terms of your connection with the overall leadership of the church, it is there. Mm-hmm. Um, the church is, is striving to provide for that as best she can, and that nobody is kind of outside the realm of that. Um, and, and the church, as, as a nurturing mother, wants to embrace everybody and make sure that the sacraments, to the best of their abilities, can be provided for the nourishment of souls. Yeah, absolutely. And just and, and a clarification, it's helpful to understand the hierarchy of the church. But as you mentioned, Jesus is is the high priest, mm-hmm. and and the the ministry of priest, prophet, and king through the ministerial priesthood that we share in through bishops, priests, and deacons, deacons kind of assisting in that, not sharing the fullness of the priesthood, but um, sharing in that ministry. The hierarchy of the church is is not the church, right? I think we forget that sometimes because if we feel disconnected, we can feel like the church has forgotten us. Or if, especially if we feel disconnected with big bad bishop in Sioux City closing my parish, and I, I can say that because my parish doesn't exist anymore mm-hmm. through pastoral planning in my small hometown of Verina. But it can seem like, well, the church just kind of like hates us pawns down here in the in the boonies or something like that. But that's a that's a, a weird um, ecclesiology understanding of who we are as the church. Mm-hmm. Saint Paul makes really clear, and the church has always taught that we are members of the body of Christ. All of us, baptized Christians, share in Jesus' priesthood as priests, prophets, and king. We're given the ministerial priesthood. We're given the ministry of the hierarchy of the church to assist us in growing in our own baptismal priesthood, right? To build up the body of Christ wherever we might be. 
It's like we need all the pieces, all the members of the body of Christ. We need all the, the limbs and the parts of the body to make it up. We need the head. We need somebody to lead. But the church is not just the guy with the hat in Sioux City. Right. Um, helpful to, I think, remember sometimes. Yeah, wasn't it Newman who said the church would look kind of funny without the laity? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like we'd have all these churches with clergy up in the sanctuary investments, but that would be it. It'd look right. a little ridiculous. Absolutely. Um, so the role of the body plus the head, you know, is, is very vital. But we want to make sure that the, the head doesn't, or the, the body doesn't feel like they're completely abstract from the head. Yep. And, that, and that the leadership is, is walking and accompanying with them, but there has to be a mutual collaboration there uh, for a, a healthy organism, for the, the healthy functioning of the body of believers. Right. Okay. What the heck is a Monsignor, Father Shane? So we just have a new Monsignor here in this diocese. Um, Monsignor Ed Gears. Up in West Bend, Iowa. Uh, well, no, he's just over the border of Kasuth County. He's not oh, yeah. actually in Kasuth County. Um, yeah, Pope Francis just a couple months ago named a new Monsignor here in this diocese. So you're a big Italian guy, Monsignore. Well, yeah. You give us a little <laughs> translation. <laughs> well, <clears throat> yeah, that's an old, old, old phrase going back to the aristocracy. You know, if you were to break that down to kind of say my lord, so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, to be a Monsignor, it's an honorary title. It's an honorary title given to priests by the Pope um, for exceptional service um, that they have rendered under the church. That's not to say that other priests have not rendered uh, exceptional service. But when a Monsignor is named in a diocese, that is a little bit of a connection with Rome mm-hmm. and the local church to say that the Holy Father has not forgotten about you know this local diocese and that <clears throat> maybe by elevating certain priests with an honorary title— um, there's recognition beyond diocesan borders of the of the fruit that's being born here, and and maybe uh, an opportunity for the Holy Father to say, you know, I'm affirming these men and keep going, and and I'm with you, and and this this honorary title is not just bestowed upon one man, but is given to the entire local church, right? To say that R- Rome is thinking about us, and Rome wants us to keep going forward uh, in holiness and in sanctity, and and doing the work of the Lord in the vineyard of the Lord. Uh, so it's an honorary title. Monsignor's kind of becoming a, a rather rare thing here. Um, there's no kind of sacramental or juridical differential. Yeah, they're not super priests. Yeah, it's not like they get reordained and somehow they have more magical powers or something that, <laughs> yeah. do, that just doesn't exist. It's an honorary title, but um, we can look to those as kind of um, as, a, as a nod from afar that the, that the Holy Father in Rome is wanting to bless and acknowledge and affirm all the priests of yeah. that diocese. And I think what's clear is that instead of just seeing this as, oh, just another piece of the patriarchy, just, you know, like putting these putting these men in high uh, high places of honor, that's such a human thing. We want to honor somebody. We want to honor somebody with some kind of title. We see that through different cultures, through different experiences of... It's a major reward. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Keep going. I'm sorry. Keep going. What is that from? A Christmas story. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, lastly... Cardinals. Yes. Okay. Uh, not birds. Same color as the bird. Which one came first? The bird or I don't cardinal? Know. I don't know, but that's fun. Well, it comes from the cardo hinge. It, mm. It's not named just after the birds. Right. It's named after that Latin word root for hinge, mm-hmm. to be a hinge uh, unto others in the ministry of, the, of St. Peter. So as you know, Father Shane, originally in different cities um, and dioceses in the world, the people chose their own bishop. Right, we think of Saint Ambrose in Milan as a good example of he wasn't even a he wasn't even a 
baptized Christian at the time. He was just a catechumen, I think, right? I don't remember. He certainly wasn't no, a priest. I think yet. he was just a catechumen and he was just like a great a great lawyer in the city and they didn't do bishop. So somebody, as the story goes, said Ambrose for bishop and they all said, Okay. So then like in like a couple weeks he was baptized, ordained deacon, priest, bishop, in mm-hmm. the Bishop of Milan. Um, we got to see his too when we were there. That was, that's, that's right. Twenty eighteen. So because of that, and then in different places, the clergy of a diocese chose their own bishop. Now our practice is that through the apostolic nuncio in a diocese, through the congregation of bishops, the Pope, at, kind of through this whole process, chooses a man and invites him to be a bishop, and then he's ordained by three bishops um, as, a, as a bishop, consecrated as a bishop. Cardinals were traditionally the clergy of the diocese of Rome. Mm-hmm. Right uh, now, you say, and still a, have that title. Still have that title because yes. they all have um, titular churches within the diocese of Rome, right? right? Which just means a, a title church, right? To kind of fulfill that. But you might see, okay, so we have Cardinal Donardo, who used to be our bishop in Sioux City in Galveston, Houston. He's a cardinal, okay, but he's not living in in the city of Rome. He's uh, well, he is Italian, so I guess that, but he's not native born Italian. Um, but then you've got cardinals in Asia. You've got cardinals in Africa. You've got cardinals all over the place. Cardinals, because they used to be and still hold this kind of connection with the Diocese of Rome, are those who vote for the Pope, right? Who elect the Pope. Yes. Yes. And serve as the Holy Father's like key advisors. Exactly. Right. In mm-hmm. different uh, dicasteries and offices in Rome. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all true and good. Cardinals are not super bishops. Right. Right. They are. Neither are. And we could, archbishops are also just not super bishops. Bishop is the fullness of holy orders coming from Jesus, right? Priesthood, diaconate, and these other ones, monsignors, cardinals, archbishops, they kind of fill in to help the church function and and move smoothly. Yeah, archbishops and cardinals do have a particular um, leadership juridical, role. Yeah. There's even some canonical things, you know, that give archbishops some juridical authority in certain key areas. But you're right, in terms of like sacramental power, once you're ordained a bishop, you know, the church is not going to somehow give you more graces through, right. through new liturgies and or lastly, something. I'll just offer this because kids do bring this up all the time. So it's like they, they ask as if we're all trying to like ladder climb. So it's like the goal to be Pope. Like is every priest getting ordained so that he can someday be a Monsignor, then someday be a bishop, then someday be an archbishop, be a cardinal to be the Pope. No, right? <laughs> Jesus yeah. said, I came to serve, not to be served, Right. And to lay down my life for many, right? So uh, a good desire is is to be of the service of the church, wherever right. that's helpful. And some men are called and, and humbly respond to say, yes, I will serve at this greater capacity for the sake of the church. The idea is that we're not trying to be like the most popular, the fanciest, the wealthiest. Yeah, anyone who wants to be a bishop these days needs to have their head examined, <laughs> right? Um, I mean, this is a very, very difficult job uh, not only because the church is just taking so many blows from secularism, um, and she's she's fighting battles kind of on the ex side, ex- exterior side of her of her boundaries, but she's also fighting a lot of boundaries or battles inside yeah. with people fighting within the church, and so to, to try and govern all of that in holiness uh, is not easy. Uh, to step forward and be the high priest of a diocese, to lead the brother priest and deacons to be a, a shining witness for all the religious and laity, uh, and to have to make some very, very difficult decisions here in the 21st century. This is not an easy role. Um, so if there's one takeaway from this, 
you know, I, I hope that uh, the lady are really lifting up the clergy, especially our bishops. Um, there are men out there turning down the episcopacy when the Pope is asking them to rise to that occasion, to rise to that leadership role. Um, we really do need holy, faithful, courageous, zealous bishops leading us in a way that can trickle down and hopefully inspire all the different vocations uh, through the fullness of the holy orders that then rests within that man by right of his consecration. Uh, so please pray for all these different levels of, of the church hierarchy. Uh, it's a time of renewal. It's also a time of testing right now in the church. And uh, we need the Holy Spirit to be raising up very credible shepherds. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, remember that you are the church, you have a bishop, and Jesus has given us this ministry to help us grow and thrive. So God bless, and see you soon. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.